Hello, hello out there. Max here, co-founder and chief growth officer at Influx Marketing. And today we're at the Aesthetic Society meeting here at the Miami Beach Convention Center. This is the annual meeting of the American Society for Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. Every year I walk the aisles and I end up spending most of my time chatting with industry peers and marketing-minded physicians, and I always walk away really feeling like I have my finger on the pulse of what's happening in our space. So this year, I thought it would be fun to take it a step further and have those same discussions that I always find myself having, but do it in a podcast format so that I can bring them to you at home. So if you're like me and you want to be dialed in on what's happening within the world of patient acquisition and digital marketing for aesthetic practices, follow along and I hope to bring you some valuable insights through these conversations that you can use to take your practice to the next level. All right, we're back, and I'm now joined by Dr. Ron Stark from Philadelphia, who also happens to be a lovely client of ours. Dr. Stark, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me so much. Yes, I, I, um, I'm really, I, I'm excited when I get the opportunity to interview a surgeon, particularly one of our clients. I've been interviewing people from industry, um, from all around the show, people I've just met, people I've known. Um, but the whole purpose of this show is to talk about marketing. But I think we can't forget when we talk about marketing to make sure that we talk to the people who are actually on the ground, whether that's your team, but also you have a, you have a, obviously a perspective on this. So when, so I really want to pick your brain on your perspective from the other side of marketing. We're, we're doing it over here, you know, behind this, this screen and you're actually seeing the patients. So let's talk about that a little bit today. But if you wouldn't mind, would you just start by just telling us a little bit about your background and, and your practice focus and so forth. Sure, thanks. Um, so I'm a double board certified plastic surgeon. I did uh, five years of general surgery, then three years of plastic surgery at UT Southwestern. And then I did another aesthetic fellowship. Currently my practice primarily is, uh, we're cosmetic 99%. I do a lot of breast, body, as well as face in the Philadelphia area. Beautiful. So now let's talk about your kind of career arc. Yep. You went first, first began by joining a practice, is that right, in the area? Yes. So, uh, you know, I did a, a natural course that a lot of other young uh, plastic surgeons do. I did a fellowship with somebody. It kind of matured into being an associate in the practice. And then uh, we decided to part ways. Okay. And what? so that's when you went into solo practice? So at that point, I had to uh, establish my own practice. And uh, I built uh, my own practice. Um, started about three years ago. Okay. Now, for, yeah. So you're three years into solo practice. So this is very interesting for us to talk about. And I know some of the story arc and right. I want to, I want to others to hear it too. But, uh, when you say it kind of followed a pretty typical path, joining another practice, pretty typical, but kind of parting ways and going to solo practice a few years into that is maybe not so typical, right? It's not typical, but you know, a lot of times, you know, two plastic surgeons, you know, plastic surgeon naturally, you know, we're type A personality. We're very entrepreneurial. We want to grow and, you know, pursue with our goals. So, you know, we came to agreement that it's better for me to start my own practice. But, you know, when you hit the road and you're by yourself, you have to think of what do you have to do next, you know? And it's a very big uh, accomplishment to open up a practice. You know, it's not a small thing. So some people just like joining other practices and already having that infrastructure around you, you know? Of course, it makes sense, but there's trade-offs both ways. So it must've been a daunting transition. It was uh, built with a lot of experiences, but, you know, I reached out to specific people that helped me you know, along the path, you know, it's how I found Influx as well. Yeah. Um, and I think it's okay to reach out to consultants and not just one, maybe multiple consultants and get different perspectives. 
um, and listen to what each one has to say. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know some of the people you've worked with and I think you've, it seems like you've done a good job of building a support group around you, yeah. which I imagine is so crucial if you're going to go into solo practice. It is, it is. Right, kind of having a, a, a support team. And I know that's also what this society, we're here at the Aesthetic Community, that's what that's about too, right? Working with people from around the, the country that are not necessarily right, your, na- your neighbor, and you can kind of lean on each other. Yeah, and that's what's great about coming to the Aesthetic Society. You see your friends, uh, other past residents, and you know it's a big network, and it's, it's nice to hear and talk to people you know, sometimes you're by yourself and you think you're the only person going through these struggles. And to everyone's surprise, you're not. Everyone has the same struggles, you know. Um, and it's nice to hear other people's opinion. Oh, I do this. I do that. Talk to, you know, my guy. No, talk to my guy. So it's it's a lot of fun. That's great. Um, yeah, we interviewed uh, Sue, the president. Yes. I'm uh, sorry, not the president, but the chairman, uh, chair, chairperson Cheer. of... Uh, of the aesthetic society and she really on, on technology beauty which is dr grant stevens podcast that we produce and i really got a lot of insight into it. she's very passionate and how passionate they are about helping build that support group and i thought well, i could really see the value in this uh, unique it's a unique career being especially a surgeon in solo practice and just how how valuable it is to have that group of peers so i love seeing it from far just the brotherhood you know it's yeah. there um so now you have the solo practice looking back to you do you regret it? How do you feel about it? Do you, are you happy you made that transition? I think I know the answer, but I want you to tell us. I'm very happy I made the transition. Um, you know, when it happens, you're, you're a little worried how you're going to make it. But looking back at it now, it was the best decision I ever made. Um, it's amazing to see growing my practice and how we've developed and evolved and um, how everything just kind of falls into place, um, especially when you have a good marketing team behind you. Uh, thank you, Influx. <laughs> Thank you very much. I know there's a lot that goes into it. I'm glad that we can be one of those ingredients that has that you are, will attribute some of the the success to. But I know there's a lot a lot that goes into it. How is it going now? That you you know three years into it, how are things in the practice? So the practice is very strong. Um, you know we're busy. Uh, it took time to grow, but uh, you know our staff is you know we have a good amount of staff about 10, 12, 10, 12 employees. Uh, we you know we see on average you know about 15 to 20 new patients a week. Um, we have a great, um, you know, conversion rate, um, you know, and like I said, you have to have the support network, right? So yes, we use Influx as our marketing team. And, you know, I think what's good about when you're young, you, you go to a marketing team and you're like, I want to be the number one on the page. Well, you know, I used two other companies before I joined Influx, you know, and, you know, they promised you, yes, I, I can get you number one. But in reality, that's not true. You know, uh, what I've learned is it takes time, right? Everything takes time. It took you time to become a plastic surgeon. Well, your marketing is going to take time. Just, you know, trust the process. Um, be a good surgeon. Be a good person. Love your patients. Care for your patients, you know, and your practice will evolve, you know. And we can see, you know, the amount of patients that come in now, uh, whether it's from, you know, Google, you know, search engine optimization, word of mouth, um, you know, when we look at our numbers, I think we're around 50-50 now, you know, word of mouth and, you know, SEO and other Google things that, you know, and advertising techniques that help. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's important, you know, and it's uh, keeping your eyes over the horizon because it will get better. It's just, you know, persistence. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the goal, right? Is to shift over time to that word of mouth, to that uh, reputation right. and retention, right? loyalty, while still having those other sources, but maybe less dependent on those things exactly but that's all sage advice be just be a good person be a great surgeon 
put in the work, realize it's going to take some time. If I go back to how you were acquiring patients, so when you were when you were joined another practice, what was the system there? Was it sort of just once the other schedules were full, you got this? I don't know. I'm not. I don't know. So I, I asked you. You know, it was like I think every uh, person that joins a practice, you know, they arrange a different system. You know, in the old practice, it was, you know, they were nice. They were good. Um, you know, they put me on their website. Um, you know, if I got a lead directed towards me, I got it. But, you know, it was difficult to build a practice. And I understand there's, you know, someone else that was there for 25 years. You know, so a lot of the patients I got were through word of mouth, people directly asking for me. Uh, I wasn't really able to expand my practice more than that because uh, the search engine optimization and any kind of advertisement were really focused on the, you know, the the owner of the practice. Mm, I see. And now when you went into to private practice, what did you, what were the sort of best marketing channels you found for an immediate result to get you new patients now? Because that's kind of the position you're in, right? When you go into solo practice. Right. So, um, you know, with your guidance, uh, you know, influx, you know, search engine optimization really helped us. Um, we slowly increased. Uh, we did uh, various, you know, techniques with Google ads. Uh, we found Google ads to be very productive, but I think I've used other companies before when, before I joined Influx and it wasn't productive. Hmm. So it's also important that your marketing team understands uh, how to use those uh, machines for your benefit. Um, we do as well as not just external market, internal marketing uh, through uh, web mail that we send monthly with different uh, offers or just not even offers. It's just telling them what we do because I think a lot of people do not realize how expansive plastic surgery is. They think of us, oh, just as surgeons. Well, no, you know, we have um, skincare, we have injectables, uh, we have, you know, um, different lasers. You know, we offer a huge breadth of uh, opportunity for our patients. So uh, that has helped us tremendously too, just internal marketing as well. I couldn't agree more. I was just, uh, we just launched a, a new website for self. We have a blog on there where I've been writing some, some, you know, some of my thoughts after a decade or more in this space. And I was just writing something about how, oftentimes we forget to even just tell people that we do something and that is enough to get them to convert, but they didn't even know they weren't aware. We have to get them past the awareness right. stage. And it doesn't have to be high pressure. It doesn't have to be salesy. It's just, Hey, by the way, you know, we actually yeah, we do, do, <laughs> we do X, Y, and Z, right? It's like, you know, and a lot of my patients I operate on like, Oh, I didn't know that, you know, you guys do the halo or the moxie laser, you know, cause it's not like a, it's not a restaurant with a menu, you know, we're, we try to give a, you know, that kind of Ritz Carlton feel, you know, we want to make our patients feel special when they walk in the door. I'm not just going to throw a menu at you, you know, so we, you know, uh, we want our patients comfortable, you know, so sometimes you just have to offer to them like the white glove service. Yeah. Make sure that, and, and then there's all kinds of things you can do to make sure you're offering the right thing to the right person at the right time, kind of tailor that. Right. Internal marketing, I think is a, is an area where there's opportunities left on the table. And I think we're seeing some cool innovation happening there. Yes. Um, more technology, not just the printed stacks and stacks of printed stuff at the front desk. That's not going to cut it anymore. No, right? no. So. There's so much technology out there and there's so many things for different people. You know, before we weren't able to offer, you know, specific patients, specific treatments, but now, you know, we can offer such a breadth of different procedures with great results. Let me ask you this. In terms of collecting email addresses and opt-in from your patients, is there a process you go through with that or kind of making sure that you have them so, so that you can remarket to them and tell them about these things. Yeah, of course. So, you know, any inquiry uh, that comes in, you know, we ask permission if we can, you know, maintain their email, their contact number, name, 
Uh, so we, you know, if they say, if they approve that, of course, we keep it in a database, you know, and uh, we keep it growing. And that's, I think, you know, we forget about that. I think as a younger physician starting a practice, you know, the most important people are your own patients, all those patients that call, even if they didn't come in to see you, you know, they're still interested, you know, and you'd be amazed how, ma- how many times, you know, maybe a patient didn't come in, but we sent them a marketing um, brochure of something and they respond, oh, great, you know, now I'm coming in. So don't, every patient that calls your office is your, you know, a patient for life. And, you know, as long as they get, you know, you have the right front desk or the right patient care coordinator, they have to ask them permission, but it's so important. I think people forget about that, you know, every call that comes in is a potential patient, whether maybe they're not coming in now, but in a few months they'll come in. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's, I think the marketing is moving up the funnel, right? Rather than just grab those hot leads. It's like, let's take people who are maybe, maybe a little more lukewarm in interest, but let's not forget about them. The one day we'll get them in if we continue to market to them. Right. And you know, you asked a young practice, well, that's what's happening now. I keep looking at the amount of patients we have in our database. And in three years, I mean, I think I have close to 7,000 patients, that's you know, and it's incredible, you know, the amount of patients and the cycling it, you know, we have the numbers through influx of like how many, you know, searches come in and those are all potential patients, whether you know, they're just reading your website, collecting information, you know, you want to cater to all those. And that's a very strong way of growing your practice. Absolutely is. And and I think I'm glad that more and more practices are embracing this instead of, like I said, just kind of dealing with the lead when it came in, call it once, forget about it. And that ties me to the last thing I want to ask you here is kind of, do you, do you have any advice for other practices around lead management and follow-up and kind of how quickly you try to respond to those leads? Right. So, Lead management is such an important uh, system, and I think some younger physicians forget about that, right? It's not just the call, call them back, right? It's a process, right? If they don't answer, what are you going to do? You know, like, yeah, you're going to follow up. Are you going to follow up with an email, an SMS, you know, um, what, whatever method you have, you have to have a method in place and, you know, you have to reach out to them. I always tell my patient care coordinators five to seven times, you know, and stage it over two, three weeks, you know, because maybe they're busy, you know, maybe they just can't answer. Maybe they're working, maybe they're with their friends and they don't want to know that they called a plastic surgeon, you know? Good point. So there's multiple times and change times in the day that you're calling or send them an email. You know, most people will respond to an email. What is it, you know, what is a good time to call you? Thank you for reaching, you know, Stark MD plastic surgery. We look forward to speaking to most of them respond. So it's not giving up. And then, you know, following all the way through with those consults and seeing them, you know, you guys have a great platform on the back of influx that we use. Uh, for following patients. There's other programs out there. It's whatever works for your practice, but you have to have a lead management system. Couldn't agree more. We still see, unfortunately, the email inbox or the Excel spreadsheet, and it's just um, it's just the lowest hanging fruit to, to getting well, more I, revenue in the door. Yeah, but exactly. But you know, some practices, it takes time for them. It's technology, right? And sometimes you have uh, maybe a patient care coordinator that came from a different office. They didn't do it that way. Or, you know, they're they're not familiar with it and they're familiar with one way. So you have to, you know, be persistent and show them more, you know, have your people come in and show us how to use it. And that's, that happened in our practice, you know, and now that we use your management system, I mean, I mean, 70 to 80% turnover, you know, that people are signing up for surgery. So it's, it's a, it's great, you know. Well, I'm glad we can be a part of that. Before we wrap it up here, and I really appreciate you spending some time with me. Uh, you're three years into solo practice. Your, your, you said best decision of your life for any young surgeons out there considering solo practice or kind of considering their career arc. You have any, any key takeaways or advice you would 
doesn't have to be marketing related, although that's kind of our topic here, but that you would want to leave them with? Yeah, it's, you know, it's so funny. Right before I, you know, uh, sat down, I was talking to another plastic surgeon uh, who was thinking of leaving a practice. And she asked me, you know, how do you decide? And I said, I think, I think the most important thing you need to do is decide where do you want to live? Where do you want to set your roots? And where are you comfortable setting up a practice? Because it's not just, oh, let's go to Miami because it's a hot town, you know? Mm. It doesn't matter where you set up a practice. If that's where you want to live and you feel comfortable w- with that area you're, and you love what you do and you're persistent at what you do, you'll be successful. I think that's, there's a lot of power in that simplicity yeah. uh, of making the decision first around what you're gonna, what's going to be right for you instead of trying to find the, maybe an untapped town or, yeah, exactly, like a hot town, I mean, whatever, one, either one. Look, you, you got to do your research. You know, you, know, you don't want to open up you know, right next door to a thriving practice course. who already is well-established in town, you know, uh, you have to make those decisions for yourself. Like what is the best area? And of course, even though I, you know, I grew up in the Philadelphia area, my family's in the Philadelphia area. Um, my wife was a physician at CHOP. You know, we knew that we wanted to be in that area. So I'll know I'll make it work, but you know, I had to find the right place to make it within work. that, within yeah. that area. Yeah. Well, I think so. again, powerful advice to sort of put your long-term happiness first and build around that, right? Yeah, because that'll make you survive. Yeah, yeah, it's really strong. Uh, really, really good advice. Thank you so much, Dr. Sark, for spending time with us. I could talk to you forever, but I know you, you're- We should do this more. We will, we, right. I promise you we'll do it again. Thank you so much and enjoy the rest of the meeting. Great, thanks for having me. Of course. It's awesome. My pleasure.